0: Hey everybody and welcome to the show. Uh, I got a really cool interview with a close friend of mine, Elena Tolman. She is an educator and mother and we tackle the issues of the Institute of Education as well as just trying to be a parent in this crazy world and uh, it's pretty good so stick around. Hi there! Um, I'm here with Elena Tolman, uh, educator, mother, self proclaimed Huguenot. I don't know, whatever that is. Say hi, Elena.
1: I would never claim to be a Huguenot because that's a French thing and you should know better. (laughs)
0: The German runs thick That's right
1: <laughs> And I'd also like to be known as the arch nemesis of the podcast I'm claiming that title for The arch, the okay,
0: alright We already yes. have an enemy of the podcast yes. That's good, no friends, just enemies Yes, so make arch ground. nemesis <laughs> There you go, arch nemesis It is claimed uh, Thank you for being on uh, We're going to talk about a few things here But first is a sort of uh, getting to know you type of thing We're just going to do a little bit of rapid fire, <laughs> non-related questions uh, First, uh, friends or Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Not were, even, were you, you not ever in a competition. Friends? No. Oh, no. Only because I was forced to be. <laughs> by by what? Circumstances. Circumstances forced you. Okay, yes. that's a therapy session. Uh, <laughs> if you were queen dictator for a day, God. <laughs> The first three laws you would pass would be what? Oh dear Lord.
1: Um, queen dictator for a day. The first three laws would be. All books are free <clears throat> universal healthcare i know that you're a big fan of that and an endless supply of chocolate for all
0: for all for all, for all. yeah it,
1: well the, chocolate the makes people happy
0: the healthcare thing i don't mind if they just made it that way okay. you just get people bitching about how it's going to be paid for yeah. and that's that's what it comes down to yeah. is that you're either okay with having half your money taken or you're not, right?
1: <laughs> but it's gonna be taken either way. I mean, you look at our current healthcare system, you're, if you are ill, yeah, yeah. They're, they're gonna take more than half.
0: It's gonna happen, sure, sure, okay. <laughs> uh, mine would be, if, if you don't put the shopping cart back, that would be punishable with jail time. I like that one. I think we uh, would be heading. Beheading time? i for beheading. In the parking lot. Like right there. Some yes. media, and then you get media. Right yes. The media corporate punishment. Yeah. Park. Yeah. Abandon all hope you yes. enter here. <laughs> yes. uh, and then I would probably make talking at the movies yes. punishable. I see this. And I also by beheading. Yeah. And that would just hang over the screen. The screen so you can get a silhouette. Like but that. not over the projector, else be too big, you wouldn't exactly. be able to see anything. There you go. Um there's gonna be a lot of really just stanky smell in parking lots and theaters <laughs> all over the world. We'll, we'll drain the blood. There we'll, you go.
1: We'll, okay. there, there's some sort of preservative. You
0: <laughs> yeah, embalming fluid. There you, go. there you go. And then my third one is I would eliminate the convenience fee. I don't think that's... Uh, oh, yeah. Or it's most admin fees. <laughs> it is convenient <laughs> to take an extra four dollars.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, those are... Okay, the other one is um, cheesecake, pie or cake. Ooh, it's definitely a pie. Yeah, it's like yeah. a pie. Yeah, because okay. yeah,
1: there's nothing cakey
0: about. It It just cheesecake. doesn't have the shape.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna propose a third category of its own just for cheesecake.
0: Just cheesecake. Yeah. But then uh, the cheesecake factory tries to push it in one direction by infusing it into regular cakes.
1: Yeah, but. But it's no. self
0: cheesecake.
1: That's some sort of a mutant
0: hybrid. It is. Yeah. It's it's a daywalker of <laughs> of the sweet industry. <laughs> And then I had somebody trying to explain like, what what about a tart or a tort and, and things no. type mm-hmm. use? But mm-hmm. then but then you start getting into like no bake cookies and uh, yeah. it, just these weird go betweens. But, but just because
1: it's no bake, it's still a cookie. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, so. but
0: I just I, I've always been cheesecake pie person. Yeah. Simply because of the crust and the filling. Yeah, I would agree. With you that. just call it a cake, but you know, it, there's a lot of things that aren't. I mean, you're not you're not driving on a parkway, right? I don't well, even think you you're, you're driving. Flowering cheesecake, so no.
1: technically there you go.
0: Unless you're some mad genius, there you go. Right. <laughs> so, um, for those at home, I had mentioned uh, educator uh, Elena teaches a moralist, uh, sexually confused, barbaric <laughs> horde known as high schoolers. Uh, how long have you been teaching high school? Um, oh God. You can ballpark, you don't got to get specific on it. If you just want to say more than a decade, you don't have to date yourself.
1: I I started teaching in the fall of 1989.
0: Fall of 89. High school. Okay. Yes. Uh, So she just saw Batman, uh, Indiana Jones, Last (laughs) Crusade. The
1: the first day of school, I wore Batman earrings. Nice. I did. Okay,
0: so coming right out of that. Now, a lot has been made, or not enough has been made, or too much has been made, about... um, the previous presidential administration posting this like 83% graduation rate, right, like near the, like I think in like 2015, Mm -hmm. like 2014 is when that came out, but yet international testing wise, we're not, we're not that much worse, but we're not much better than where we were, even though we're getting this graduation rate that is as high as it was when there was no Department of (laughs) Education, is it easier, harder, or about the same difficulty to graduate high school? Well, that's a tough one. I would
1: say, Then what, like, are you saying then before the Department then, of Education? Then, then let's, let's just
0: say 10 years ago, when, when kids were graduating in, like, let's say, 2003 mm-hmm. to 2008. So you're, you're Yeah, so about 10 years <laughs> ago, between then and now.
1: I'm going to say overall it's easier to graduate high school now mostly because there's so many more options you've had this boom in online schools you've had this boom in charter and alternative schools and there are a lot more avenues for kids to take if a traditional high school doesn't meet their needs
0: okay and, and those they still have to meet a if you're going online, does it have to be regulated towards the district you're near or a state regulation? State. Or? And
1: that's the other thing is a lot of people don't understand. Are there, There's district diplomas and there are state diplomas. And if you want, for instance, where I teach, if you want that district diploma, you have to go through our high school. If you go through anything else, it's a different, it's a slightly different diploma, but it will still meet all the requirements of a high school diploma. Um, depending on the school, but different schools have different things too. So like we have a charter school in our community that um, if you want to go into any branch of the military, they will not accept a diploma from that school. So if you graduate from that particular school and you want to go into the armed services, and this may have changed since the last time I checked, so I just want to put that out there. <clears throat> but the last time I checked, if you wanted to, say, go into the Air Force, you could not do that with their diploma.
0: And so does that mean that the, the military was wanting a, a district level Recognition rather than a state
1: right. level what, what however the the military goes through and says we accept this diploma
0: But not that one that's and theirs. that standard may even change in and then yes. it usually it's that the more you're the more recruitment You're getting the more you try to tighten exactly that restraint on it um, I know in the Air Force. I think the, even the Air Force between service to service. There are different requirements. Yes It's not just right. a DOD type right. thing and they just usually have that because they have no problem hitting those recruitment mm-hmm. quotas. So they're like, all right, well now it's, you have to have a high school uh, diploma. They wouldn't accept GED right. at all, but if you got some junior college courses, you could sort of make that mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just gets tighter and tighter from there. Right. Even Not even necessarily education related, but we'll say experience wise yeah. as far as... Uh, what you've done that's uh, dumb, dangerous, or different, as they like to say. So, um, Yeah, that's interesting, because there's education is something that really everybody has a visceral feeling about, Mm -hmm. but they don't really understand a lot of the ins and outs. And I know one thing that we had talked about before was um, that statistic of the United States spends more money per student mm-hmm. than any any other country does, but even that's not as black and white. No, as far as resources goes, no. because people think that might be the case, right. but it's not.
1: No, because what you know we've discussed in the past. What most people don't understand, and that is not to get talked about in the American education system, is how administration heavy we are compared to other countries. For instance, if you want to bring that in. Um, We also have a special education component in the United States that's quite different from what other countries do and how they handle special education students. So those two things right there add a huge
0: amount to our funding. Because special education, at least right now, because of the mandate, is Mm -hmm. still very contract heavy. Not. They're not necessarily, they're contracted with a school district. My ex is contracted mm-hmm. through a school district, but through a, a private company. Yes. And so those types of contracts usually going to cost more than just having them be an employee of the state mm-hmm. or their county or whatever. Um, a, a lot not too different from the military where yes. there's, <laughs> <so Yes. laughs> it keeps coming across and, and a, a noticeable amount of bureaucracy on the rise mm-hmm. in, in both of them but administrative wise, because people are wanting your education systems to handle a lot of things.
1: I would say that's do part of it. the administrators get paid a lot? Is that and what? I would say that's part of it. And then part of it is this business model, which suffuses everything we do in the United States. You know, And so you have managers of different levels in corporations. And so that has become the model that's also used in schools. You have assistant, principals, you have deans of students in some districts, you have athletic directors, yeah. and then you have a principal, you have a superintendent, an associate superintendent, a director of special education. You know, they're just all of these different categories that we have created for administration.
0: And even here in Idaho, I mean, these are these are six-figure jobs, some of them. Yeah, in the district where I teach, I believe our superintendent makes over $100,000. Now, do you think because because public schools are um, they're they're considered a part of your uh, state or city community, mm-hmm. and we talk about these things that you have to do to either get a new building or get a new or just even repairs done mm-hmm. that it goes through a bond process mm-hmm. that usually requires like community support as well as possible. Um, a donation needed. These types of things that it seems with schools are needed more of community outreach and their involvement. Why can't schools just be considered a part of infrastructure? Like the actual buildings be as a part of your funding for infrastructure in and of itself? The Would that be productive? <laughs> the,
1: why, the why is an excellent question because, like you said, you know it's it's always needs-based. We need a new high school, so we're going to try to pass this bond to build a new high school. How do you get around that? It just deals with the way that schools have been funded historically, which has always been on taxes
0: and, and a tax and base. And seemingly not not foreseeing at all. It's We need a new school when it's already overpopulated. We need right. We need new stuff when it's already out of date. And you'd think after a pattern of knowing that, mm-hmm. especially now with technology becoming hugely integrated, that you're going to need something different or new in the next 10 years, and mm-hmm. the next 10 years. Obviously people don't want to spend that much money on turnover, but we also kind of yell and cry when we're not giving our students the most up-to-date things, but we don't want to pay for it. Right, <laughs> so.
1: and, and it's also the amount of resources that are available In communities as well, because school funding, especially for buildings like you're talking about, relies so heavily on the actual community where the school is, that also becomes a huge issue. For instance, you know, Boise has a bigger tax infrastructure than some other communities in the state so there's a lot more available in boise schools than other parts of the state how do you deal with that how do you make that funding more equitable is a big question that needs i think to be addressed
0: but if you look at a difference of not too far out of boise there's a very small city of Mm Cuna, and that is it we would consider to be rural although it Mm -hmm. is relatively close to town i mean it's not like out there in Weezer right. or anything that's a little bit further north of here, um, that we might consider the sticks, but it's—I mean—it's country mm-hmm. as far as we're concerned. They have a brand new mm-hmm. high school. They—they they know very well of what their community mm-hmm. is and was able to build around that. And—and mm-hmm. and, I mean, in Boise is always going to be a free-for-all, probably driven by just his population mm-hmm. growth rather than anything else. Mm-hmm. Is that well? There's just more people, so we need to have these things, right? And maybe some some kind of influence from the next level schools, colleges, and mm-hmm. stuff, trying to get in to make it, you know, because we we basically want to get a system here in the state where you go through our system and then either go to Boise or UI, right. like keep it keep it here, in the state, um, very incestuous as far yeah. as our, <laughs> our college system is here, um, trying to do that, but it is it seems also easier to get that support if a community at least knows what it wants.
1: Right, and that and that's where it becomes complex. I mean, you have a school board that's responsible for a lot of this planning that you're talking about, as well as at the district level, that's kind of their job is to look at these things, to plan out, to try to allocate funds to the best of their abilities as things come up. But again, you know, because you're depending on tax monies, people want to see what they pay for, and it's very difficult, I think, to convince people to pay for something through their taxes that they're not going to see for ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road
0: yeah they, yeah they they definitely want a now mm-hmm. type thing but with with education. It, you're either only going to look at studies done of testing that's been done. Right. Or you are looking at the programs that they have. Yes. You know, there are a lot of there are a lot of schools out in you know out in West Texas mm. that they may have a lot of pride in their community and their school, not for the amount of you know, of, of scholarships mm. that are academic related or, you know, the amount of people that go on to get bachelor's or master's degrees, but just how many football players get a full ride to right. you know Austin or TCU, mm-hmm. so they, they look at their program as being a measure of success as far as that school goes, but not how academic performance is gone mm-hmm. and
1: well you know, and again that's what the community values that's what the community wants to do. We do have in Idaho right now a move to what you're talking about the testing where they are tying Teacher performance to test scores, and teachers will be evaluated based on how their students test, uh, and that's a nationwide trend that's been building over the past decade at least. Um, how valid are some of those measures?
0: We'll see. And with these different types of schools that are out there, charter schools or online mm-hmm. schools, the materials not the same. Either. No, no. I mean, for a lot of the, you can get a you can get a credit. Or a degree based on things where you're learning from different books, right? And the so if the material is going to be different, but end up creating the same, you know, same piece mm-hmm. of paper, is is there more scrutiny now? I feel like there's more, especially when when Betsy DeVos got her confirmation. Mm-hmm. Everyone was mm-hmm. like, a lot of my friends really getting off the rails about it. But up until then, there had been these state things where this is taught here. Mm-hmm and it's not necessarily what's accepted in another place, maybe even in that state, that is there is there more scrutiny on what the material is, or at least parent involvement, as far as what material is taught? Again, it's really complex because local
1: school districts, again, do have a great com- amount of control over their curriculum. Some districts even leave it up to individual teachers. They give individual teachers a lot of autonomy. Some districts have completely scripted curricula where you know every teacher who teaches first grade teaches the exact same thing in the exact same order on the exact same day. So there's a lot of variety there.
0: Not lot of critical thinking teaching no. in first grade is very, <laughs> yeah, very no. basic.
1: But that even extends to junior high and high school levels too. I've seen that in districts. Um, you're you're addressing something i think that one recent movement was the common core that was trying to address Mm -hmm. this was trying to say okay you know when a kid moves from one district to another the requirements are completely different they're learning completely different things how are we going to address that and the common core good or bad was at least an attempt, I think, to open that discussion and get people to think about it. Um, I, as you know, it's lost a lot of its momentum and a lot of its support, and, you know, that's probably another discussion for why and how and, and whether that's valid. I do think, given the amount of movement that we see in our country, it's a, it's a question we're going to have to address. And I, you know, I teach in a town where we have a lot of transient students who move in and out of our district. And there's a great amount of frustration for them that you have. And I know you had a friend who dealt with this, you know, you move in as an 11th grader and yet they're telling you, but we're going to stick you in these ninth grade classes because you should have had this in ninth grade, but you you didn't and now you're going to get our diploma. So we're going to do this or some students even are behind on graduation. You know, they end yeah. up having to take summer
0: classes because we have a different credit requirement. Well, and from my understanding, the attendance requirements have also gotten pretty loosey-goosey since- Well, in Idaho, we school. have
1: no state-manded attendance requirement. Yeah. There
0: is none. There used to be, but there isn't one anymore. So yeah. yeah. And, and it was, I mean, I already had basic Basically, the uh, fear of my father to go yes. to school. Uh, and and there was really nothing else I would have been doing because all my friends were there. Right. I had nothing to, to leave for short of just going home and watching The Princess Bride. Um, but yeah, now there, it's, it's open. It's very lenient mm-hmm. towards absence. And, and that to me goes back to how easy or how difficult it is. Because right. it used to be when I was going through that um, 70% of getting through is just showing up. Mm-hmm. I mean just 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 be there. You don't have to get A's on everything if you want to graduate. If you just show up and put forth the effort of just being there, then you were going to go. But now it's almost like the same level you require but you don't got to be there anymore. Right. And, and a lot right. of people we're seeing a lot more when they if if they go to that next level, because again, we want everyone to go to college mm-hmm. now, all of a sudden you're going to a place that does have fairly strict requirements on mm-hmm. attendance and on you know efficacy of your work, and they're just drowning right and they they're like, well, I got this high school degree that I didn't have to work for, and I can't hack it in college and now, we're, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go?
1: And oddly enough, you've seen a lot of colleges that are now putting in attendance mandates, which when I was in college, that was the great thing about college was you didn't have to go to class except on test test days. And that is no longer the case. And even when I was getting my master's, my master's classes had
0: attendance requirements in place. Now, I don't think, I think they don't want, they don't want the dropout numbers. No. Because it... For some, it makes it seem like this was an old this was an old thing when I was growing up. Like that, the, the dropout rate shows how hard it is. Yes. Well, in some cases, it's also the dropout rate really reflects on you know the dedication you have. because I, I think with education, it really is something you get out of it what you put in. Right. And there's there's a level that you can get and and on campuses or in schools, you can ask someone for help. Mm-hmm. Um, you can I mean even in my hometown there's a library mm-hmm. I mean you can if you want it you can get it but if you don't want it now it's like if you, even if you don't want it we can still give it to you mm-hmm. and uh, and that's not working out <laughs> too no, well no. later
1: on well and a lot of it is that especially public schools for instance with the um, attendance thing if a parent excuses a child's attendance we have to accept that we have there's nothing that we can fall back on to say well you have to
0: give a reason it just has to be from them right yeah and like, I if mean, they were absent on this day deal with it
1: <laughs> yeah there are different codes that go into the system you know no, whether okay. it's illness or a medical emergency or a bereavement but there is just family business is one of them and a parent can use that for whatever they wish
0: yeah And is that is that being coded is for some study later on or for is there a limit on how much you can do that or is your family business is kind of again? Yeah, like (laughs) I said,
1: there's, there's no stated law in Idaho that you have to that says a student has to be in school this percentage of days to earn their credits. And because of that, individual districts in the past have continued to have attendance requirements, but if that is then challenged in the courts, there's nothing legal for them to fall back on. So it ends up being kind of a moot point. Now, if you do have unexcused absences,
0: right, where there is no note, where there
1: is no note and there's no validation, then a district can deny credits and and things like that.
0: You mentioned uh, Common Core. And I, I think a lot of because basically uh, my generation a little bit older are now having kids who are going through mm-hmm. that uh, program simply because we didn't get taught these types of methods mm-hmm. like I'm sitting down with, uh, you know, my oldest and she's doing math and she's heading into second grade now and everything is still done by like visual like Mm -hmm. here's rows of Mm -hmm. things and i I don't recall learning that way so when i see a lot of people um they're like well uh uh, what's 12 plus 8 well you got to find the nearest 10 and then add all this thing and they're like why don't why can't you just know 12 Mm -hmm. plus 8 because there's my generation had rote memorization and that was how when i learned multiplication it was this the sheet that had a bunch of problems on it and you just kept filling it out filling it out Mm -hmm. until you got it right and now, they're trying to appeal to people that learn visually, that, you know, learn through uh, auditory. Like, mm-hmm. they're trying to vary how they learn it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people that are parents now are just scared because it's not how they did right. it. Right. Even if it's been shown to be effective. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, you're like, this seems still like it's a little bit more juvenile, kind of pulled back forms mm-hmm. of, of doing this. Like, why can't you just do it with your brain? Like, <laughs> when, I, when <laughs> right. I was growing up. And so I think there, there's an outrage based on that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's this not common correlated, but somewhat these these things that are shared on social media that really are like political type questions yes. or social type questions that that can be up to the teachers, whether it's an acceptable answer. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about those types of opinion based questions for kids that are in grade school?
1: For grade school, I think it is a little bit more problematical. I, I I mean obviously I think kids I think critical thinking is something that you should try to encourage from as early an age as possible. The ways that you do that are probably where some of these problematical Facebook posts and, sure, and outrage is coming and from. And I don't
0: mind that, but if you're if you're going to be asked your opinion and mm-hmm. then be given or have points taken away based on that it doesn't reinforce your critical thinking is just saying that your opinion is wrong well and then there's that difference too between an opinion
1: and an educated assertion I guess or a theory and so often what you find I think is in common core there's a set of steps for the problem solving which is what's being evaluated rather than the end result of the problem solving and i think that's where some of these disagreements are coming in i don't know that we're always doing as good a job as we could of making that
0: clear to people. yeah and, and, it, and those questions often get into the arena of of parenting mm-hmm. and your and your upbringing in that and then be taken towards school right. mm-hmm. and and i i I didn't have a problem per se with, com- I don't have a problem with a, uh, a nationwide core system mm-hmm. simply because of that, the, the problems that were, you know, held by a bunch of people that are on the move. And mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're a kid, you don't have a choice of where you live. Right. Um, and then with a circumstance takes you where you go. Right. And later in the 2000s where factories are shutting down, mm-hmm. there was layoffs everywhere, you're kind of forced to go wherever the money's at. Mm-hmm. And again, not the kid's fault. But this is a program that was not like, – like if I would – you know, you can always call for like a, a constitutional convention. Mm-hmm. And so you get like a delegate from each state and you, you get together. If there would have been something like that that the DOE sponsored, not ran, mm-hmm. but a state government official appoints somebody to be their representation and then everybody tries to hash out this thing that we can all kind of agree mm-hmm. on rather than – lobbying interests towards Washington and where the person who is running that department may or may not have a background in education Mm -hmm. that if it could be done that way, I don't have a problem Mm -hmm. with. But nothing definitive would have to come out of it, but you can start.
1: Well, I would say not even just education, but I think right now, too, we've seen this revolution in our understanding of of the brain and the scientific aspects of how people learn. And I don't think we're necessarily doing the best job of of incorporating that into our education system. That's a huge chasm right now. Yeah, I
0: think a lot of that because we have systems that are very, very old Mm -hmm. that we've been taught with for decades and decades and decades and the idea of if it ain't broke don't fix mm-hmm. it but the problem isn't that it's that it's broken or not the problem is there's possibly a better way right <laughs> and we want to discover these things obviously parents they're uncomfortable with these new things because what if it is a guinea pig mm-hmm. eventually proven not to work now all of a sudden my child's behind right. or and and an even better question of if this is how we're teaching our kids now, but they're stepping into a workforce where that system is not up-to-date, mm-hmm. is not new, is not, you know, uh, uh, allowing for that kind of mind to come in, they're still on an old mm-hmm. system. They're getting chewed up and spit out. And right. that's not something that this generation really needs right now. <laughs> uh, the self-esteem generation. Right. Um, and uh, and that brings me to parenting uh, <laughs> here today. Uh, you have... You have a teenager, an adult now. Yeah, I, I 18, say 18's adult. He's
1: an eighteen-year-old,
0: but he's a senior in high yeah, school. Yeah, I mean eighteen. You you can and he still makes you make can, sandwiches. So. You can kill your sibling in an accident <laughs> when you're eighteen and still be called a teenager. Oh,
1: don't say that. He has a
0: six-year-old brother, so <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't live stream that. No, but that but that and that's really what I wanted to get to <laughs> is um, your oldest doesn't have. Social media. Oh, right? He has he a does, ton you know? of social okay. media. Yes, the the seemingly growing issue of uh, attention-based acts mm-hmm. is it? Does it seem like it's more prevalent because it's social media, or is this a new phenomenon simply because you can get attention, whether it be adoration mm-hmm. or 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 guff from anybody? from anyone in the world mm-hmm. at any time. Before, when I was growing up, it was like, you either got, you got attention from your, your local thing or nobody. Right. And now you can get praise or insulted by somebody all the way across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that affecting not only just raising children, but having those people come into your classroom?
1: Well, as a parent, there's a certain amount of terror from the get-go. Um, I, you know, I was very reluctant for for our, my oldest to, to even get a cell phone. And he was older than nearly all of his friends before he had
0: one. Yeah, I didn't get one until I was 18. Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't want one. I was like, go. you want to find me, you get a carrier pigeon. And that's how <laughs> I was for the longest
1: time, because I didn't, I, and I still feel like it's an electronic leash. I have this definite love hate with my cell it phone. It is, but now there's,
0: a, if, you, mm-hmm. if you're if you working a job. Mm-hmm. You have to have one. Yeah, yeah. or there's no excuse for right. not getting back to somebody in yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. So.
1: And so, And I would say that, yes, it's easier for people to have things out on media. I think one of the mistakes we make, though, is when we have this discussion, we too too often talk about teenagers. And I have to tell you that people my age are just as guilty of it. I have just as many friends who, you know, take pictures of every meal they eat, of every activity their child does, you know, of every new outfit they have. I really cannot say that I see this as a generational thing.
0: Right, so th- this, I mean, it's simply, a, maybe just more of a human thing is to get yes. that type of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but obviously this not being the greatest of examples to your children if you have them. What I always feel weird about is that when I come across uh, people that have profiles that will say something that is fairly uh, divisive or mm-hmm. or angry or mean and then you go and then if you if you're like me but like what's their Facebook like there are no pictures of them it's just their children and we're talking like young kids mm-hmm. I feel a little bit weird about that or yeah. if there's like their profile pictures their kids and then if they get into a relationship and they have that in a relationship mm-hmm. with and if it's like, A woman who has two kids that are maybe four and six and then they're dating some bearded biker guy and it just shows like that they're engaged or whatever i just look at that because to me it almost looks like the kids and that guy Mm -hmm. like yeah that's creepy (laughs) that's not a good match (laughs) no i don't want to see that (laughs) and if you want to be protective of your of your children Mm -hmm. because everybody's concerned about kidnapping or pedophilia but just it's just blasted with children's Mm -hmm. pictures out there um and i mean and that even coming from mine is You know, you see all the pictures that I have here, but there are pictures that I've shared with my group of friends, whatever, of my kids that they may never even know about. Mm -hmm. You know, I when you when it was just physical photographs, you had a good handle on the percentage, and now you can just click on those pictures and save them. Yes, Yes. anybody can. Yes, Yes. that can view it. Well,
1: and we've seen, you know, where children being turned into memes or you know things like that that have been pretty cruel and awful. And so, and I'm like you, like i for a long time i didn't post pictures of my kids it's i started doing it fairly recently because then there's the flip side of people think you don't love your children if you're not you
0: know yeah they want to make that that judgment about it because they're out being what was it that carlin said a a kid fetish yes yes you know
1: and worshiping your children um so there's there's definitely a fine line and i do think there's also you know what we've talked about that idea too of public shaming no matter what you do. I mean, you know, whichever avenue you choose to take on this, you're going to be criticized one way or the other. Yeah, there's a group it.
0: out there that's mm-hmm. looking to shit on you because of yes. it. And I had when I had when I thought it reached the just the end when mm-hmm. I had reached the end of the Internet was <laughs> a friend of mine. And this is when I found out like if, if you're for those out there listening that, that are in a relationship with a woman you need they need praise and compliments <laughs> for their for their self esteem because there's seemingly all these things that bring them down and and the the worst one that I had seen was um it was like a post from a mom's group about how if you had a C-section you didn't really give birth oh. and you're not a real mother yeah, and, then, I remember that and one. when I first saw that I thought it was made up I was like there's no way this is Somebody real having this opinion. Okay. I thought it was like, no, oh, maybe somebody just needs that so they can rail against it Like no. they created it, but that's a real thing. No, I still maintain it
1: was made uh, <laughs> Still,
0: It's fictitious
1: for, for attention. So you can this person is so Yes, yeah, So yes. you
0: can have a group of people mm-hmm. say no, you're the best yes. and here's why and And to me why I think it's possible that it's real is I've seen so many more <laughs> posts that involve the the looking for praise of the mother. Yes. With their kid doing almost everything, if not nothing. But see that- But the mother thinking that she deserves praise because of that, where they didn't do anything. But
1: this goes back to this weird fetishizing that we have in the United States of motherhood too. And I mean, and again, it predates the internet. I would say social media has made it that much worse just because it's so prevalent and everyone can see it. But like, there's so much pressure a parent, and I'd say fathers are starting to feel this too, to be, to, honestly, to, to be fair, I hear a lot of fathers discussing some of these issues as well. This, there's this idea that you as a parent, and I'm in a double bind because I'm also a teacher, right. so I get this professionally and I get it personally as a parent. This idea that you can somehow control and manage who children become. And I will say, and this is probably my most controversial opinion, that is absolutely, positively not true. I do like not, at all? Or I'm you... going to say I don't. I I never want to say at all because I'm not. I I'm not an absolutist in any way, um, which is an absolutist statement. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm only absolutely the, not an absolutist. Only the sip. Yes. <laughs> but I will say that. I just don't believe that you that any one person has the ability to control or manage who another person becomes, well, you know, and no, not of to course, get all of course you know, not. I mean, there's yeah. there's
0: there's friends that influence right. you, teachers that influence yes. you, um, like heroes, like musicians that you've never yes. even met that books, do
1: that. Uh, books have been a huge. Like honestly, I would say that there are books I have read. That have as much to do with who I am as a person is actual people sure. that I love and admire.
0: But I think it, to that end, and this was something I wanted to go that I was going to bring up it next into um, a, a parenting identity is like mothers and fathers, yes. and, and we and we talked about this a bit that if you have if you have involved parents, mm-hmm. not super involved, not everybody that's right. trying to get in your chili about everything, but. <laughs> For when you when you do read something Mm -hmm. that you can ask them about what is this and they don't get freaked out And they Mm -hmm. like if if they're even keeled then they'll generally have even keeled Mm -hmm. kids because They can either go to them or they just get that in them like I Listening to my some of my favorite people Whether they be writers or musicians or comedians and you learn more about them like they went through some like fucked up Mm -hmm. stuff and when I was getting in trouble, it was neither dangerous nor violent or illegal, mm-hmm. at least not until I became an adult. <laughs> um, but it, because of that, and I don't have, I don't have as big of, you know, these people that like I, you know, um, my dad used to hit my mom and then this that right. and other happened and now they're, or they... <laughs> Or Dana Gould tells this story of when his grandpa dropped him off somewhere and left him there for like a long time, Mm -hmm. like that begins his fear of abandonment, Mm -hmm. like those types of issues that happen in your life that affect you so far in the future, I had such an even keel about it that when I come across things later on, you might call me emotionally unavailable about it, but I'm not so adamant. I'm not Mm -hmm. so in the weeds about it because I didn't come from a drastic... Mm-hmm. A drastic household mm-hmm. I didn't have all these ups and downs mm-hmm. right. and craziness
1: but even even those drastic households that you're talking about it's amazing the variety and the spectrum of reactions to those sorts of things that you find amongst
0: yeah because because you can either there's a path you can choose like mm-hmm. if you come from a home of an alcoholic mm-hmm. you're either going to be so against alcohol mm-hmm. you never touch it or you have a tendency to, to, to kind of do that now there's of course some gray area but right as a young mind that's where you go to mm-hmm. is either embracing what that is or knowing that it's wrong and kind of going the other way right and and you see a lot of those mm-hmm. happen like I you know me and my brother and my sister were a product of teenage pregnancy mm-hmm. and uh, two of us have kids and all both of us were in our 20s when that happened so you know it it, it had held off and that wasn't a A conscious (laughs) decision to do that, but there is—you do learn from what they're doing, not just what they're telling Mm -hmm, you. mm -hmm. And and it is very difficult uh, when you have that because. But also, I think with with the way you're parenting and the way you're trying to influence, whether that can push you to be around certain types of people. Mm -hmm. Like some people find dangerous people interesting because their life is so not dangerous, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just have a pretty vanilla. Bland <laughs> I hung out with kids who were very much like me mm-hmm. and it, if they had rough times like they always come to my parents Right, you know, it was it was easier that mm-hmm. way But see I come from a much more mixed background now. Yeah. Way, so yeah, you had some some drama. I did have some drama <laughs> yes. Yeah, but with this community thing we're going back to this where the social media aspect or these people that fetishize kids mm-hmm. It's not new but the concern is now that there is a community that has such a far mm-hmm. reach, mm-hmm. you're more apt to get people into it or mm-hmm. draw people into mm-hmm. it, and you may you may have a very low success rate. But it's better than what it was ten years ago, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like that's also becoming an issue with uh, um, radical groups mm-hmm. target a very specific type of mm-hmm. personality, right? And now with the internet, you don't have to go and find these people. No, you no. know they'll find you mm-hmm. in this case, and you're you're going to find a lot more mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. And is and is is that type of whether it be a feminism, anti-feminism, <laughs> social justice, racism, anti those things is that creeping into to teenagers' lives? Have you come across any type of student involvement with groups like that? Oh, definitely. Well, you know, um,
1: completely. And again, it's easier, the access is easier for these kids to find their little niche groups. If it doesn't exist in the high school, it exists somewhere out there on the internet, and they can find right. that group and find acceptance that way, which is both a good and a bad thing. You know, I
0: mean, honestly, there's, I've always wanted I mean, to be a part of a
1: group. You know, nobody else likes Doctor Who. You just, you know, you get on, you can it. Yeah, in. but there's
0: Doctor Who, and there's Westboro Baptist Church, exactly.
1: So that's why. The I'm next thing good you know, you're, you're holding
0: up Technic colored right. stick figure yes. butt sex signs about God hates you.
1: But I would say that not just and it's again not just the kids but the parents and so I to me I would say the thing that has probably changed the most in my long and storied career in public education is that we have an increasing feeling in this country I think amongst a lot of parents that school and teachers are the enemies and that
0: You're just creating corporate cogs. Yes, on
1: both sides. And on both sides (laughs) of the political spectrum. Either that, you know, we're killing all critical thinking, we're creating the corporate you know, the TED talk about you know how it was the industrial revolution that created our present school system and what does that say about who right, you know right. what we're turning out in the world and the people who have this very very strong belief that their children are to be shielded from the evils at all of the world at all costs and that that does extend to the school as well that i as a teacher am not allowed to expose them to anything that they would not want their child exposed to in their own homes. Right, right, right.
0: And that's also very problematic. And that's been a long-standing thing. Right, uh, Mostly right. books that Book have burning, been, yeah,
1: movies yeah. have been an issue. You brought up Batman. I got in huge trouble my first year of teaching for showing Batman in class and using it as a writing assignment because it was a PG-13 movie Right, and, right. and I had a parent who was freaked out. Um, yeah, there were some
0: creepy parts to that movie. There were some very creepy one. parts
1: to that movie, but again, I was teaching high school. I wasn't teaching. Right, right, right.
0: I, I saw when I was like four. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and look how you turned which out. Makes, so, yeah, see, it
0: explain a few things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, um, so, so you're always walking that tightrope as well, which is very, very difficult. And again, because schools are primarily found, funded by
0: taxes. But when did that change? When did the, it, it used to be that there was there was so much trust that was put into teachers. And this is, I mean, this was like when you step out of the home, you have, you must listen to your teachers because they're the authority. I mean, yes. teachers used to be able to hit kids. Well, I mean, because you I, got to be an augmentee of the parent while they were gone at work. But now it's so distrusting. When
1: I was in junior high, kids still got paddled. Yeah. Just, I mean, so I. Yeah. yeah, I still remember
0: that. Um, and like eventually when like, like teachers could do it and then the principal had to do it and then no, mm-hmm. none. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that idea though that I would say there's always been a very, very strong strain of that in American education. Again, maybe because of social media and probably because of a lot of other social movements as well, I think it has gotten maybe more prevalent, more vocal, um, more common. And especially like I said, because you do see, I'm gonna call it a splintering of the public school system in this country. That it was, I think at one time, one of the things that just the fact that we needed a public school system was fairly unquestioned. I'm going to, there's always been some push back against it and there's always been some skepticism about it if you if you really get deep into the history of it sure um but i would say that we what we're seeing now though with the rise of charter schools and <clears throat> alternative schools and some of the and online schools which is another huge aspect of it you're just seeing a very much a questioning of this idea of the monolith of pu- public education and what it should be and how it should be structured. And for a lot of people, is it even necessary?
0: Yeah, and I never, I never had that. I I, had, I, was just expected to go to school mm-hmm. and listen to my right. teachers mm-hmm. because they're the educated mm-hmm. ones. Is I mean, even back in, in grade school, which you are just learning, you're just basically learning facts mm-hmm. and how to process facts. And there was a little room for debate as mm-hmm. to whether or not two plus two was four. Right. So, the first time I ever came in contact with this, the parental feeling because of something social was when uh, uh, Dare was around. Do they still have Dare? They do still of, have Dare. Yes. Oh, drug abuse resistance education yes. and Red Ribbon Week. We went through. That's what it really. Yeah. Me. In my world, that <laughs> refers to something else. Oh. Um, but they. Uh, it, we were going through, the, like the cop came in and was mm-hmm. talking to us and we did this whole thing and there was a classmate of mine that every time they came in to do it, he would leave. And I was like, hey, why, why are you not mm-hmm. around for when we're getting uh, D.A.R.E. education? Um, and he said his parents don't want him doing it because of like LAPDs. Involvement in creating D.A.R.E., mm. but also because their involvement in the Rodney King beating and so like his parents were like I don't want you to be a part of that because of their involvement in, in, in this scam. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't know what the Rod- I I was in fifth grade. Yeah. I had I had no idea about the Rodney King mm-hmm. Incident because that was like when 92. I mean, yeah. I was not up on it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't woke when I was yeah. in third grade and um, but that was that was the first time I had come across that mm-hmm. before and really when I was going through school there were no books that were getting banned at the time mm-hmm. like after I got out that's when they started hitting the Harry Potter books right. and stuff like that which I thought it was really funny considering a lot of the Christian mm-hmm. imagery and storytelling that she just ripped like oh, straight yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was funny and I, I didn't read any of the books but I saw the movies and I was like, they celebrate Christmas. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I think it's weird, like they're, they're into magic but right, they also right. well, know like, of Christ. That whole <laughs> idea of yeah, the things people get upset
1: about in books and it also seems to come and go in waves like you said you know so
0: yeah and those books that are that will always you know like catcher in the rye is one of those Mm -hmm. that was so for so long and then now it's it's not available in school like it's taught right in school um, I didn't have to read that uh, forcefully, mm-hmm. thank God. But uh, I did read it on my own. I think it's terrible. I so did think too. It's, I an think awful, it's, it's
1: an awful it's an book. An awful book. <laughs> and I have to say, I read it. I didn't even read Catching the Ride till I was in college, and I now I was in my twenties. Loved it. I loved it. Loved it. My first reading. But then I went back and taught it. I was like, this is an awful, horrible <laughs> book, and I can't believe I'm teaching it. Plus, there's all the creepy stuff about JD Salinger, which you know taints the whole thing just like watching a woody allen movie it makes it difficult anymore so there's something there that's
0: a little yeah yeah, i i read it um i think i was 22 21 22 and this was shortly before he died like Mm -hmm. i just picked it up because it was there and i thought it you know i had heard so many things about Mm -hmm. it and uh did not like it Mm-mm. and then like a week later the South Park episode about that came oh. out and I was like man This is really odd timing because I even think that was before shortly before he died, too mm-hmm. um, You were all involved in the zeitgeist Weird timing yeah. so the those things that Were so bad for so long and then when they get taught and then to the point where there's a degree of uh, a, Discretion involved, mm-hmm. like, hey, I can just let you guys know that this is crazy, and you're like, this is actually just dumb. It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was very, very edgy in 1960, whatever well, when it took place, because it's got a few cuss words. Yeah, and it's we were- actually from the. I think it's set in Pimps the 40s, and,
1: early 50s. Yeah. I, it's been too long since I... But the I thought other, it took
0: place in them, but it's written in the 60s, wasn't it?
1: No, I think he wrote it in the 50s. I want to say. I'll okay. have to go
0: back and... Probably edgy at the time, though. You need I a producer to, to yeah, check these sure. things, to
1: fact check for you. But um, but my argument there, too, is that idea that there are books that we teach that maybe we should... ought not teach anymore. You know, because you're right. I, the thing about When the Rise, it was the first time that a novel really tried to capture things from an adolescent's point of view. That's what made it so incredibly... Yeah, but not even
0: a relatable adolescent. No, and also
1: also an adolescent with mental illness. (laughs) I mean, honestly, those are the two things that I think set Holden's voice apart and make that a very interesting book, historically. I am one of those people who feels like it hasn't aged well and there are a lot of books I would make that argument about that my colleagues would not agree with me about. And that's also one of the things that we have to think about in education is we create these lists of things that you're supposed to know to be an educated person. And then those lists become some sort of strange scripture that gets worshiped and idealized and held on to.
0: Are you talking about Shakespeare? I'm you not. Talking, Shakespeare? Now, you're not going to find about my boyfriend Billy, but right. no. <laughs>
1: But yes, and I would even have the argument about Shakespeare. Romeo and Juliet
0: is terrible to be teaching it's to kids at that age. It's a horrible, horrible book. I, like I you agree. want to teach 13-year-old kids about 13-year-old kids killing themselves <laughs> and gangs. In a Roman, I mean in and, and, and just in the context of the story, something that is show... sure like whirlwind mm-hmm. met you one day, we're eloping the next. <laughs> I was in love with somebody else when I them. met you. Yeah, it is it already plays. We were talking about um, that 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 new uh, cartoon thing. Like that's what it. Yes. Yes. That's what it kind of runs into. Right. And like, well, the, I'm learning about these hormones when I'm in school. But I, but <laughs> I would so make terrible. But you
1: can make that argument about all movie. I mean, honestly, there's no. I think we always have to give a little bit of leeway to literature to take some of those.
0: But the the, the difference that. In the iconography, mm-hmm. if you're watching adults go through it, yeah. you're like, I will right, well, maybe these types of things are a little bit more understood. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more politics involved when yeah. you're older, <laughs> but when you're watching this like runaway love in your teenagers, and yeah. it's accepted as such a great thing. And because there's, there's never, there's never like the story of runaway love when you're a teen, and there's like a pregnancy scare. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Or, you know, dr- I mean, it, it's fairly innocuous as far as like, I'm not cool and I'm in love with the cool person. Your cousin doesn't get stabbed on your wedding day. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not, it's <laughs> generally not like that, where they just keep bringing in like every version. It's, it's, it, there's not a lot of Hatfield, McCoy, Capulet, <laughs> you know, um, there's not a lot of like love within war. Like, it's, right. but these types of stories where very young, mm-hmm just hormones, 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 yes. and they don't know anything about them. Right. And then kids are reading about this, and they're like, oh, well, this is, this is a great piece of literature. But, but you're also acting
1: <laughs> like it. I don't think there's an English teacher out there that presents Romeo and Juliet as a how-to manual either. I mean, that's the other thing. is it's, this, this is what you should not do. Sure,
0: for some, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cautionary tale. Yes. But it's considered, whether it's star-crossed Anything goes, like it's one of the greatest romances of all time, because it was short. <laughs> there's no, there's no book about a married couple that's been together for fifty years that's considered the great romance. It's always true. when they're falling in love that's the great romance. It's that's never, true. it's that's never true. after. Um, but the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, and this is regarding parenting, and and folks, folks at home, you can follow along with me too. I just want to have you. You can go ahead and use your phone. Oh, okay. Okay. And I just want you to go to your Google machine. Oh, dear Lord. Okay. And Google the word spoiled. Okay. So, folks, Google the word spoiled. Just spoiled. Just spoiled. And just go to that first page. It should pop up a definition. Okay? Okay. Now, Google, I think, either gets them from people adding them or it pulls it from dictionary.com. I'm not sure which way they get these. Okay. But these are generally accepted definitions. Now, one of the definitions you're going to see, not the one that's like the booty from looting, or whatever, (laughs) is harm of the character. Then it says, to try to say specifically, Mm -hmm. parenthetically, for a child, uh, by being too lenient or indulgent. So, we generally consider spoiled as being uh, lavishing praise or Mm -hmm. gifts for doing nothing. Mm -hmm. But, so you look at, spoiled actually meaning the harming of character. Now, on that same Google page, over next door says web or all hit images. Okay, hold on. Start. So spoiled, and then go ahead and hit images, and then tell me what is the most recurrent theme on the first ten to fifteen of these images? The word spoiled. The word shows. Just keep going. Just keep showing through. Okay. Notice how much pink yes shows up. How many girls are. There you go right there. A lot of pink, if it's the word, it's like a really flowery yeah. font or a flowery background, pink background, but it's it's seemingly a very feminine mm-hmm. or girl like thing that we put on there.
1: And most of the people that are pictured are girls. Yeah.
0: And how does that make you feel looking at that? Outraged. Yeah. As a feminist. <laughs> yeah. See, you're of a feminism I, yeah, school that I, I would define as tolerable. So <laughs> Thank you. Um and that was something i had discovered just Mm -hmm. a few days ago and uh, having two girls that that idea where it's accepted Mm -hmm. and and almost expected. well and and (laughs) it does
1: and it doesn't just go to little girls i mean this is something that has been irritating they want to carry over for a very long time is women posting things about i deserve to be spoiled my man better spoil me or these you know Advice posts that come from God knows where that are about single you know, people. Yes, lonely people spoil your about woman if you don't know You don't well, her. Yes. very yeah. yeah, I would I
0: would consider and those, I find those the, very offensive the self-awareness is lacking. Yeah, yes. I will say that yes, yes. The, but that whole thing of just Seeing what it was mm-hmm. and again, I want to reiterate that damage to character mm-hmm. That is it, it, it and it resonated in me like, to my core, mm-hmm. and then to see Me this too. image of, like, where it's girls, and mm-hmm. they're spoiled, and mm-hmm. these types of things, because they don't they don't need that if you're trying to contend mm-hmm. um, on a basis of equality. And now I think it's almost to the point where that attitude keeps carrying through, and for the sake of equality, they, w- they want to handicap a little bit. They right. want a little... Mm-hmm. They don't want to necessarily be the same. We want to admit that there's this, but we get something to mm-hmm. equalize it mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm and having two girls i was like man this is this is kind of messed up because mm-hmm. uh not too long ago i had um i'd been talking with uh, my oldest mother about has she seen the new uh, avatar legend of Korra, mm-hmm. and they hadn't at the time and i had mentioned that that Korra she leads this team mm-hmm. she's she's the avatar and she's the leader of this team and she replied to me, because we were talking about this, that um, Evelyn was having a discussion, I don't think with her, but with other kids, about being the leader of a team, and she says, the leader is a boy's job. I actually think she had mm-hmm. mentioned that first, and then I had brought up Legend mm-hmm. of Korra. Mm-hmm. So, she was saying something about, like, no, the boys lead the team, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I had thought about, you know, the Avengers, mm-hmm. or well, when I was growing up, the X-Men was primarily led by a guy. Mm-hmm. And then now they've had female leaders. Right. But most of these most of these teams, they have a girl leader if they're all girls. Right. You know, like in My Little mm-hmm. Pony or mm-hmm. Bratz, which she better not be watching that. <laughs> um, but if you're in a girl team, you can have a girl leader. Right. You right. know, but if oh. you're in a team of mixed... It's the guy that's the leader, and yeah. the girl kind of takes the back seat. Now, and, and I was like, I was kind of getting a little, mm-hmm. I was like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. The look at this, and tell her to look at this, and like, girls can be leaders mm-hmm. too. And, and take her to Wonder Woman again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three more times. Yeah. I mean, and it was, and I don't know what's going to happen in this Star Wars, new Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. You've already heard my angst about when it first came out, there was no Ray stuff right. at all. But that. That kind of irked me, mm-hmm. and I, that wouldn't have been something I had thought about if I didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, daughters, if I didn't right. have kids who were like that. So it's, it's kind of forced me to look at things that I would either find to be not systemically sexist, but it was mm-hmm. something that for the longest time was... Like things like comic books were made by guys, for guys, yeah. the uh, women readership was a huge minority, mm-hmm. like a very, very small. And now that there are more writers Mm -hmm. and more producers and now directors, Patty Jenkins, this is the highest grossing film a woman director's ever gotten, soon that will no longer be a separation. (laughs) That it'll just be about And that
1: and that's the greatest disappointment of my life at my age is that we still live in a world where sentences start with and are accepted as starting with girls are, boys are, or girls should be, or boys should be. And the minute I hear that, I immediately turn into the Robert Downey Jr. meme, you know, with his eyes yeah. back. Or because, the real men do this, real women yes. do that. And, and
0: it's I, usually written by somebody that's not a man or not a woman exactly. that's trying to dictate yes. to them yes. what it is. Yes, yeah, and yeah.
1: I just, I just, I cannot explain to you like how angry and upset that makes me and and especially I've always been a pretty adamant feminist and then being the mother of two boys, definitely, I have to say, made me more aware of certain things. And, you know, just that idea, for instance, when Dante was little, he's my oldest, that, you know, and people would tell him not to cry when he was hurt. They would never have said that to a little girl. And, you know, those sorts of things that
0: would just... Well, I say to all kids, crying is annoying as shit. (laughs) Crying, is, crying okay. is super okay. annoying.
1: <laughs> it depends. I hate it when I do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> like, Or like, you know, Liam's- I don't want to like... be
0: thought of less, I just don't want to be thought of as annoying. Yeah. That's why I cry in, yeah. in private, very faint noises, but with crying yeah. is like, eventually they're just making noises, and it's That's not That's true. Well, okay. And I'm a crier, so
1: I encourage <laughs> crying. Um... I'm gonna cry when this is over. But <laughs> I but my youngest is also obsessed with Sophia the First. And we've talked about right. how much I hate that just because I hate that show, but and some of the other things that it encourages. But again, you know, people are always telling him, You shouldn't watch that. That's a girl show. And I
0: I just can't believe that we still live in that world. Well, I always, I always kind of use use this to, to piss off feminists because mm-hmm. they they like to go into things about gender roles and mm-hmm. so like why are the the easy bake ovens in this in the girls mm-hmm. thing? Well, I'm like, you know what? You're right because the the, the world's greatest chefs are men. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, women are just round to like clean. I'm like, and Mr. Clean and the brawny men, the 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 poster children, the, the logos for these things are guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just pisses them off and I love it. Uh, <laughs> cause it, cause it is, I mean, uh, right. sorry, ladies, the guy invented the Dyson. Um, but yes, I, I like, but a when, woman uses it when I was growing up, uh, like there were, there were girls shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, the original, my little pony, right. um, and strawberry shortcake yeah. was on. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, but they had middle of the road mm-hmm. type shows because it wasn't so much as they were. Boys or girls, mm-hmm. it was more that they were animals. Right. In the early 90s, so many shows just didn't feature human beings. Mm-hmm. They were horses or right. turtles or ducks mm-hmm. or you know, all these other things that they're human-like, mm-hmm. but I think that kind of takes the tinge off any type of gender or whatever. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of women that love ducktails, mm-hmm. and there's like two female mm-hmm. characters in mm-hmm. that show, but they're ducks. Right. And and so shows were like that when mm-hmm. I was growing up, but Barbie was hugely popular. Mm-hmm. Like the late the late '80s and the early '90s is when Barbie was. It had Everywhere. its own aisle. Right, right. Now it's on like one side. Mm-hmm. But Barbie was enormous, mm-hmm. and I remember at the time because again the early '90s. So uh, Batman the animated mm-hmm. series was on. It, again considered a boy mm-hmm. show. Um, the X Men cartoon mm-hmm. series was on again. Considered a boy, mm-hmm. GI Joe. All these things. Now the story of GI Joe is not good. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. are right. Right. Um, but X Men and Batman, like there was, there was poignancy. There was character mm-hmm. development. There was all these things that were angled towards mm-hmm. boys. And now, granted, they had comic books to mm-hmm. feed off of. They had right. narrative. Mm-hmm. And I was. Twenty six, twenty seven. When I even found out that Barbie is supposed to be a seventeen year old mm-hmm. model, I had no idea about. It. And this was before Barbie got like the 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 PC game. And there's been a few like straight to well, DVD movies. Well, she's also movies. based off
1: of a German sex doll. It, which... that's,
0: that's, that's folklore. But that's in any not case, Yeah, that, that was and that was in Amsterdam. Um, <laughs> but. But what was what was interesting to me and this is something that I had previously talked about on my old podcast, but more so now that I'm a parent mm-hmm. that That girls love Barbie and but Barbie didn't have a voice Didn't have a narrative. Mm-hmm. It was just this doll that you were supposed to spend all your money buying costumes, right. for, and then they became obsessed with the figure itself, mm-hmm. but what else could you do mm-hmm. because She... There wasn't... You didn't know what Barbie was doing. Mm -hmm. You dress up as a doctor and you just say what you think doctor stuff is. Right. But I had Batman that Mm -hmm. had an origin Mm -hmm. and a name Mm -hmm. and villains Mm -hmm. and, you know, a psyche to it that boys got stuff that were pushed towards them that they weren't obsessed with the figure of Batman. Mm -hmm. They loved the character. Right. They loved the car. They loved the gadgets. Mm -hmm. They loved... Solving mysteries and fighting crimes mm-hmm. I, w- I cared nothing about Trying to look like a superhero mm-hmm. I just put on the towel as a cape And I was a superhero <laughs> right. And I, I could call on people like there's Robin And mm-hmm. then I'm fighting the Joker And I'm doing this like just like pulling it from the episode And allow me to create my own But Barbie did not have that like at all? No, no,
1: <laughs> no. And Barbie was just about dressing up, like you said. Yeah. Barbie's about dressing up as
0: these careers, not actually being or doing yeah, you this. You career. just put on a doctor's jacket, right? And you're mm-hmm. a doctor, like mm-hmm. it's almost that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but but it's way not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I felt bad because because of the shorter, like I can I can and short of strawberry shortcake, and uh, the original uh, My Little Pony. I don't remember. Girl angled shows. Mm-hmm. There were shows where girls were on them, like right. Hey Dude, and Clarissa explains it all, which right. was, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like cartoons for younger girls, mm-hmm. there was not as much as there are right now. No, no. And like with Doc McStuffins mm-hmm. and uh, Sophia the First, and of course Dora, kind of like yeah. blew open that door. Yeah, that now they have these these avenues to go through them. But in in some cases, I feel like Sophia the First isn't bad for girls.
1: No, no, they're, it's
0: a terrible show. It's terrible as far show. as it's on its own, right? But, but it's it's. I think it's a good right. example Yeah. because she's she's very kind mm-hmm. and she's not stuck up and she admits when she makes mistakes, like those right. types of things you're trying to teach kids. But show like the new like My Little Pony or the Descendants mm-hmm. that's on or mm-hmm. like these other ones where they're really focusing in on like teenage relationships. We're again drawn back mm-hmm. to that, mm-hmm. and you're like, no. But see, this this would be my argument against
1: some of that kind of stuff. Stop creating things for girls and for boys. And I know that's probably not a popular opinion. I'm not saying that, you know, because I agree representation matters, but I'm thinking back to my own childhood. So I'm a child, the ages you're talking about for me were in the seventies. And so Barbie was popular when I was a child as a toy. And I buried all my Barbies in the backyard because I didn't want to play with them and would stay at home and watch Star Trek reruns on TV. And identified very strongly with Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock was my idol. Sure. And I think sometimes if we give kids the space that they need to find their own heroes, you don't have to cater to them necessarily in that way. Again, I I think the more types of people you have out there, the better. But create a character who... Is a good role model who's an interesting character in some way have several of those characters and then mix it up whether they're male and female do you know what I'm saying rather than saying I need to create this female character that is x y and z that's where I think but all all that the is kids- based on
0: market research
1: I know, and I and hate the things that. that
0: people are drawn to I, I mean they're, they're not gonna make they're they're not gonna put something in a show they may test the waters, but but Disney's not playing around with, with risks. They are they are doing something that is very marketable and palatable to certain things. Now, when you, you have I a show argue, that's so got good characters, you have to put a boy or a girl and I or a girl. And that's with what it. I'm saying. But make it, and it's I, easy for people who don't want to watch. But like, oh, a boy boy show, girl girl but show. I,
1: but my and so here's my argument with Sophia the First, which in a lot of ways, like you said, is a good show, and
0: her <laughs> brother's a good dude.
1: Her brother. Her stepsister is
0: a bitch. Right, right. But the the boy is (laughs) a good good. dude. Yes, yes.
1: Um, although Liam has complained that he doesn't get enough to do in the show, he has made that criticism
0: more he's, than he's once. He's kind of like the tuxedo mask he, yeah. helper guy. <laughs> he's a he just shows up to be like, really, but, I'll help. But I would still argue. There's Bailey Wick and there's. Yeah, well, I hate Bailey Wick too. You hate Tom Gunn. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but the whole idea of again, but the fact that you know Sophia is a princess, and there are just but these, a common girl that became. A yes, princess. yes. And that's what the little
0: girls. But That's there's where they're putting still, themselves in.
1: I, and it might very well be unintentional, but I think as soon as you start creating something specifically for a certain gender, I'm sorry, things get, they get sexist. They just do. Whether you mean it to happen or not, I just feel like it creeps in in some way. I don't know how you so, avoid that. So do you that. feel better
0: about the, now the inclusion or somewhat expansion of female superheroes having a presence as, as opposed to the Disney princesses that yes. have always been seen as yes. vulnerable. Like yes. they're strong, but they're ultimately going to end up in distress exactly. and not yes. save themselves yes. or yes. get saved by a guy. Right. Right.
1: And there's just that whole idea. And again, and that princess trope plays into this. I need to be spoiled. I need to be waited on. I need to be treated a certain way, which just drives me over the edge. And I hate everything associated with that. <laughs> You know, and that's what I love. That's why you
0: haven't gone to Disneyland. That's why I. That's why I'm boycotting. You just want to face Ariel and Jasmine. (laughs) I never understood why little girls liked Aurora. She did nothing in that movie. I know. Sleeping Beauty. She does nothing. She sings and sleeps. She does jack shit. Yep,
1: sings and sleeps. Yeah. Um,
0: And no girl's gonna want birds to touch them.
1: No. no, no. (laughs) Like this is not. And in Cinderella, and Birds Snow and Mice, for God's sake. And Snow White, mean, Snow White's yeah.
0: the same way. Like, yeah. they love these princesses, I'm like, yeah, but they're not doing nothing.
1: Yeah, well, some, I mean, Snow White at least, like, cleaned and cooked for her room. Oh, her. yeah, that was she great of some, her. Yeah, And trusted yeah. strangers. <laughs> yeah. Live with seven men. Um, now I just lost my train of thought what I wanted. Oh, <laughs> the thing I appreciated so much about Wonder Woman, though, as a film, was her relationships with the male characters. I liked that. There wasn't. And yeah, I mean, they played up some of the feminists, you know, like mentioning women didn't have the right to vote and all that. But when you saw her get onto the battlefield with her compatriots, that was one of the things that I just loved the most, is there was this easy, natural camaraderie between her and the men that I loved. That was one of the things I found most appealing. You know, they're that like, movie. "Oh my God,
0: she's gonna die! Let's save her!" And then they're like, "Oh shit, never mind." She's yeah, yeah, us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And
1: just I don't know. I just there was there, this easy acceptance, and I, I loved the way those characters. I were feel acting. like there,
0: there was there was mention of slight Brush back. From history nerds, mm-hmm. that the that the idea of trying to make it that the no man's land is is conquered by any one person mm-hmm. it was offensive to all those people that stayed there for so long, right. not going out there. Right. Um, but yeah, but it's, they weren't Wonder Woman. It's Come on. An, it's it's not. I don't think because I really do feel even though she's this this female presence, not not just because of her gender, but mm-hmm. the way she was dressed was different. Mm-hmm. Everybody was wearing coats, right? And, you know, she's just showing up like mm-hmm. you know because she's awesome. That. They do, there is a little, not a love letter, but there is a little bit of respect paid as when she's walking around and seeing these Mm -hmm. guys that are cold or or they were gassed Mm -hmm. or a a number of these things and she's looking at how horrific Mm -hmm. the war was. Right. And and she does win the respect of and and full support of her, Mm -hmm. you know, of her band of merry Mm -hmm. men that, that her and Steve have. And that was good. I mean, I I think Wonder Woman's doing a lot for... It's... Because we had this comedy resurgence Mm -hmm. where the comedy movie wasn't held down by a male character. Right. And then the females... It's like she was there. She was a lead, but she Mm -hmm. wasn't leading the Mm -hmm. movie. And now... And I'm going to say that Kristen Wiig Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Anna Kendrick, my future ex-wife, they... (laughs) They were able... Like, those people they were able to make comedy work Mm -hmm. um, completely female-driven. Right. And that... Well, technically, Supergirl came before Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman, Mm -hmm. even in film version. Yes, yes. Uh, Unfortunately, Peter O'Toole put his name on that piece of (laughs) shit. But the show... And and now we're seeing that... And and especially, this goes even deeper into the, the comic book realm, that dc beat marvel in making a Mm woman-led film i mean they had you know uh agent Carter, or whatever but as far as the movies go marvel had made a ton of movies that had women in it but did Mm -hmm. not feature them as the lead Mm -hmm. and then dc just comes out right and says hey this is they beat him to a punch in that regard i don't know how much longer it's going to go on until they restart everything but um, I thought that was pretty big, mm-hmm, too. Because mm-hmm. they needed a win. Yes, they <laughs> <yes, laughs> did. needed a win. <laughs> but my, I was fortunate enough that when my daughter was really young, like I would watch Batman animated series with her. Mm-hmm. And she loved Batman. She loved Iron Man. She loved right. Spider-Man. And then when she started integrating with all these other girls, she wanted to see more girl mm-hmm. characters. And I was like, well, here's Supergirl. And here's mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. And... Um, she had me draw. She thinks I'm good at art because I can draw superheroes or whatever, and so she got into them. Mm-hmm. And then her care, her favorite character of anything became the girl character, right. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I like the girl character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was her main line, mm-hmm. and I was like, cool, that's fine, yeah. Um, but I, she did start to get a little bit more homogenized when mm-hmm. she went into kindergarten and first grade because. She used to like the color yellow a lot. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was very original. And then she starts integrating with all these princesses. And now she loves pink and purple and all this other crap. Right. Um, I mean, which I don't want to speak against. Right. But I felt like I was like, oh, like I lost, like Mm -hmm. I lost a little
1: bit. I know. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, just walk down the girls aisle of, you know, of the toys. And what choice does she have but to love pink and purple? Because that's what color everything is. It, you know, those are the sorts of things. That I find very disappointing. That we are, like I said, that we are still at that level of dealing with these issues. I had really hoped that we'd be beyond this by now, or at least made some further. You know.
0: (laughs) Well, I think there is, and maybe, and maybe it doesn't happen in early childhood, but I I see a lot more girls when they get older venture out Mm -hmm. and see these things that were more angled towards boys at the Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm. and that. And for me, it took a little bit later for me to see these things that were angled towards girls because I was happy staying in my right, lane and right. that even when he got older in television and film, television, at least when I was growing up, was far more progressive for women than, than mm-hmm. film yes. was because yeah. shows like Ally McBeal was right. out or Providence, mm-hmm. like there was, there was more... Like, Gilmore Girls was out, but I did not watch the show, as you know. We've had very many arguments, yes, Yes, I know. So TV got more progressive for women Mm -hmm. and having female leads. And I mean, Murphy Brown from way back can can help that. Buffy. Yeah. But film was still very much guys perpetuating Mm -hmm. it. I mean, if you think back between 1990 and 2000. Female, a female-led movie. Like, you just think Silence of the Lambs, right? And I, I can't, yeah, right. I cannot think of another one where where the woman was pushing the narrative. Maybe a couple of
1: no. Early, I, you're you're right. Like I'm I, Julia the, Roberts movies. Yeah, well, oh, I can. Like I, I can think of some indie film. But yeah, nothing yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: blockbustery. You're yeah, right. it wasn't. It wasn't. They weren't mm-hmm, huge. Mm-hmm. And and then it started to change mm-hmm. a little bit. Obviously, with more. Um, female writers yeah and and maybe that's because television had more women working in it that that could have been mm-hmm. it but film was so very very much the the boys club mm-hmm. and in fact I mean um, patty Jenkins hadn't worked since monster I've heard yeah. there wasn't that a thing like monster was quite a while ago right right and that may have been by her choice mm-hmm. or maybe she was trying to present some stuff that people were a little worried about mm-hmm. but they they look at that like between Monster which was a huge film right and, and Wonder Woman it's maybe some of that's her but maybe mm-hmm. some of that's also the, the system or whatever mm-hmm. um, but yeah it was when I was growing up as far as movies went there wasn't there no. weren't like girl movies were like there were rom coms. They were, mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. or they were slasher flicks. Right. You know, like, right. like 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 Scream mm-hmm. where you're looking at this, so like where it doesn't matter who who it is. Right. Because it's not even about the people that are in it, it's about the the, the killer. The murder. Yeah. The, like nobody remembers the names of the people that right. are getting killed. No. They just only know they Jason. Die. They know mm-hmm. Freddie right. and, and you know, so that that's what those were about. Mm-hmm. They just like putting in mm-hmm. a woman you know, for the scream value. Well,
1: and those have all been criticized heavily for, you know, some of their sexist elements as well. That, and the lack know, of intelligence. Yeah,
0: well, that too. But <laughs> the only way those can work. Uh, the only oh, way those can, and that's what Cabin yeah, the Woods yeah. pointed out, is that yes. you, you have to become stupid yes. in order to yes. constantly get yes. killed. And uh, and that's what that movie does really, mm-hmm. really wonderfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so much to the point where the guy's like, none of this makes any right. sense. <laughs> Why are we doing it like this? No one of us should split up. No, yes. that's stupid. <laughs> so it was... Uh, but that was... I mean, so that was a tough landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and even... Even in the days of when Molly Ringwald was, was queen, yes. it was still like she's in it, she but she had still, a lot of support in a yeah. male cast. And she was still a princess type character, too. She wasn't. Well, not in 16 Candles. But Breakfast Club is probably where she argue, was. argue, yeah. Well, she probably felt entitled can, to it. In
1: 16 Candles? <laughs> yeah. she. I mean, it's Would all you forget about. forget her birthday? Me, but it's Rather still, than having
0: I, a I, senora. <laughs>
1: It's still just about
0: making the cute boy fall in love with her. Yeah, and that was, was the awkward, yes. but that was awkward yeah. teen. Well, and, yeah. And Jake. True. Who did nothing after that movie. And before. that's true, too. And it was it's funny to think that Anthony Michael Hall became a bigger <laughs> star than the good-looking guy. Yeah, but like this real angry star, <laughs> yeah. too. Like. like him. Wasn't Anthony Edwards in that movie, too? I think. I think the, briefly. Was he one of them? He, was, was, he might be. Yeah, but Cusack. He's in one of them. Cusack, was Cusack in it. yeah, with yeah. Joe. Yeah. Yeah, and and Jones is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> she was in the body cast, right? Wasn't she? Yes, the first, yeah, she had yeah, yeah. the,
1: the scoliosis
0: thing. Yeah, I love Joan Cusack. Yeah, uh, me she's too. awesome. But that was even then. It was she was not she was not she had a lot of support in a male cast mm-hmm. and she wasn't really driving right. that narrative so and things were happening to her more than she was going out there and doing things
1: yeah. she was still much more a victim of circumstance than she was an actor in and on her own
0: behalf right 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 and if like and it comes to with that with that progression and then with um, i remember uh <laughs> Somebody, somebody thinks this was after the, the grabber and the pussy scandal came yeah. out, <laughs> or grabber by the pussy, I don't remember. Um, but then there was somebody who was around my age that was talking about like, how am I going to talk to my daughter about this type of behavior and blah, 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 blah. And now i be like, well, my sister grew up with Bill, uh, with Bill Clinton, just all <laughs> kinds of shit. You know, and stuff like the thing about the cigar—way well, worse than just grabbing people. Yeah. But like, and and you lived through that. So why don't you just rehash <laughs> that speech that the president, who was a known philanderer when he was yeah. the governor of Arkansas, became the president? That and so it just seemed like because there had been so much progress that that attitude had gone away. But no, it's still there. Right. That and I was, and, and having having to go. Because when I have to explain to my daughter like about TV when I was growing up, is way not what she's going through. Right. But there are some of those old, you know, and outdated, and yes, unprogressive like attitudes that still prevail, mm-hmm. and so you have a hard to like. One thing is moving at one pace, right, and the other is moving at a much slower pace, right. And you know, and that's that's all in the control of the people that make those things, mm-hmm. and.
1: Well, and I, I also crazy. feel like we're in this weird cycle, though, too, of when something like that happens with, you know, with Pussygate, whatever, <laughs> that we act
0: like everything's a gate. That everything's a gate. Every scandal. A gate. We
1: act like that's new, too. And, and, yeah. and like I said, we have this. aunt We forget that, you know, like a lot of people forget about Bill Clinton's scandals, and I mean, some of his you know, people would argue, well, Monica was consensual, but there were other allegations against him where it was non-consensual. There were things, you know, that were pretty severe as well that people have kind of pushed to the side yeah, for, the, um, for whatever
0: reason. There's the one that got the, was it, uh, there was paula, paula what, jones yes, yes that was when he was governor yes yes as far as i remember yes, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And that and was she, a very harassment she, right and type.
1: she and two other women made some pretty yeah. severe yeah, yeah, yeah. allegations um
0: how do we ever get through it i don't know
1: but that's the thing is we act like this is somehow new
0: every time. Do you know what right. I'm saying?
1: Like, oh my gosh, this is a new low. Nothing this awful has ever happened before. Well we Yet also We also
0: would have thought that we would learn by now and not make exactly. that-
1: Exactly. Exactly. And maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe we just can't get past a certain level as humanity. I don't know. But it just, I find that very, I feel like that hinders our progress when we keep acting like it's a new low, if that makes sense. Right, right, right. yeah you know and I mean when you read about the things JFK was doing in the White House I mean granted the general public at the time didn't know but we now know and I mean even Warren Harding you know the wonderful Stephen Colbert you know (laughs) (laughs) oh not Stephen Colbert but uh, John uh, the movie he made you know about Warren Harding yeah about (laughs) Warren Harding scandals in the White House FDR 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 as well yeah 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 (laughs) Laura Linney in both of those
0: yeah Um, yeah. but Laura fucking (laughs) Linney <laughs> that was yes, my favorite part of it. My, my too. <laughs> and she was so serious. So those things. Those Democrats. Yeah, like I said, the and, and that's. Just, <laughs> it's just. I, I include Trump in that. He's been a Democrat before, basically this last year. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> just get your little dignity. But, <laughs> but
1: like I said, just this idea that we never. Isn't
0: Anthony Weiner, Democrat. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> see republicans have gay sex scandals (laughs) there you go
1: there you go especially in idaho yeah larry Um, thanks larry (laughs) but you know he made us famous for a while we always appreciate that yeah that
0: was national news
1: (laughs) but just this idea we're not moving i feel like it, it keeps us in the same cycle you know we end up chasing our tails rather than being on some sort of maybe an upward spiral
0: where things get a little better each time and i i find that frustrating yeah like the uh like Cleveland for Family Guy, about the black version of life. You don't yes. win; it just gets a little bit better each time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, and, and, that, and that's another thing about it, when you're raising children, and you come across these things. Because I, I think about it in, in my lifetime mm-hmm. um, that I got to see like the Miracle on the Hudson, right? Which is like something that had never been done. Yeah. And um, we got to see um more advancement was going on with mars right mm-hmm. now and uh terribly enough we witnessed 9 11 right and uh and i always go back to because it seems like all the really cool serial killer stuff like that'll happen before my time but then we got like this dude in cleveland that kept the people mm-hmm. you know lo- i was like god that's yeah, yeah. like to, to be around when there was a like a, a gacy level crazy thing happening yeah. i mean i don't <laughs> think it's cool i mean cool just by way of it's interesting that it happened in my right, lifetime. Right. But you got, you got to see Challenger. Yes. Uh, both. I, blah, blah. Saw, I mean, I saw both of them. Yeah. So it was... Uh, both space shuttles. The I remember stuff really well. that you get to, to live through. Mm-hmm. And it seems like for all the stuff that is new, it's but it also can be a bit of a rehash mm-hmm. of some old stuff. And so as you're trying to parent new schools of thought comes mm-hmm. out, you kind of lean back on the ones you knew. But when you're faced with these types of things, and then to, just to be like, oh, well this is completely new. I have no idea right. what to do. Like, well, no, this is kind of the same as something else. Exactly. And you need to be educated on these things. Right. So. Well, even talking about
1: this idea of protecting your children. I mean, yeah. imagine being an English villager in, you know, 1356 with the Black Death. I mean, you know, your your child is growing up seeing the most horrific things imaginable. Do you know what I'm saying? And and we forget that because we keep holding on to this idea that somehow there was this beautiful, you know, Mayberry
0: past in the the, real world. And that never,
1: ever existed except on The Andy Griffith Show. And that is also
0: something that the internet gets to expose. Right. And uh, some of my friends that are like into this... They may not call it the Illuminati, (laughs) but they believe in this, the, as Ned Beatty and Network calls it, the college of corporations that that control all these things that that want to make you ignorant and want Mm -hmm. to make you a cog and want to control everything you learn and do just so you can become uh, a consumer Mm -hmm. and and yada, yada, yada and exact control over your life. Mm -hmm. But the internet basically debunks all of that mm-hmm. if, if you were something that was if you were a part of an entity that could that could control so much right the internet would never be allowed right right in, in the hands of anybody yeah so you had you well that's had why the they're news... going after net neutrality don't <laughs> yeah. you know yeah <laughs> well you had for many many years the only thing you got news from was your newspaper right and then you got news from the radio mm-hmm. and then you got news from television so up until I mean in magazines, Mm -hmm. so there was another type of thing. Mm -hmm. So you had very controlled media Mm -hmm. at the time, Mm -hmm. but everybody trusted. Right. Because everybody had to watch that. Mm -hmm. It's when you you go through the history of most viewed television shows, and like, well, one of the most viewed things of all time now, American Idol might have been hugely popular, Mm -hmm. but M.A.S.H. was way bigger. Right. And the way, like, we don't process now how big those shows were because mm-hmm. there were only three channels. Right. Right. So the only things mm-hmm. you could watch were those shows. Mm-hmm. And now, if you get five million viewers, that's a huge coup. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was like 20 million, 25 million And not
1: just those actual numbers, but the percentage of the population oh, yeah. that yeah. that represented. Yeah. And now, now it's so still spread high.
0: out. Mm-hmm. And so the now you can get. A local paper from across the country mm-hmm. you can pull that right and you can get I mean and now it's this one article that a bunch of just crap blog sites just mm-hmm. repost mm-hmm. over and over again but it's the the media now is so uncontrolled right and even if it's owned by a corporation there are blogs and mm-hmm. sites and all this other stuff that are not being controlled mm-hmm. that are putting out mis or disinformation mm-hmm. but also the theories about these things, right. you know, the, the, the royal family's lizards and, the, you know, <laughs> that 9-11's an inside job right. and, uh, you know, flat earthers. Mm-hmm. So there's if, – if you were really going to be a part of something or believe in something that's trying to control so much mm-hmm. and just look at just the fucking chaos that's on the yeah. internet – I don't know how you can swing that
1: <laughs> I would say part of that is and we've talked about how this is both a good and a bad thing is the cult of personality in this country yeah. where we are so trusting of the per we used to be so trusting of the person like that, exactly and that's exactly what I was thinking about was Walter Cron- Cronkite or um Edward R Murrow like you yeah. knew people just knew that they were people of integrity that they were doing their best to bring you the truth with a capital T—that yeah, they thought had, that, <laughs> that they—but that, that they had some sort of a moral code that they were committed to, and I think—and I think that we no longer have that trust anymore. We've seen too many scandals. There's been too many, you know, too much dirt right, that comes out about people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, you know, and again, for good or bad, because you know, cult personality is a dangerous thing too. So I think we're in this really weird kind of in-between space where we're trying to find now, whom do you trust or what do you trust? Right. You know, and hope, I, I tend to be an optimist sometimes on a good day. I th- hope we'll come through it, but it's, it's worrisome.
0: Yeah. yeah. And now on the internet, um, it, it's just a byline yes. and there is no personality to right. that name.
1: Well, and you but don't that, know who's paying that, for it. Yeah.
0: And yeah. And you can even go deeper and like, well, this is backed by this organization and then you go into that organization to find out who's on their director board right. or whatever, and you're like, oh well yeah. you know, factcheck.org mm-hmm. is is really just run by Chelsea Clinton or yeah. something like <laughs> that, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it was uh, yeah, and there is that who do you trust mm-hmm. type thing, but there's but there's so much out there now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it and it becomes something, you know, that is the question is like, well, do I shield, you know, the the youth from this or mm-hmm. do I just encourage them to look for this and then look for something that's the opposite mm-hmm. and try to find something in between. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not big on, everything's an op-ed, everything's mm-hmm. a, an opinion piece, but I try to just go, I know studies and research is bland, mm-hmm. but I prefer to read the papers that they're just trying mm-hmm. to make a sound bite out of. Right, right. Uh, and, and that's where, and that's where I go from there, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely difficult. And the time has flown by. Yes. <laughs> so to, um, I do want to thank you uh, for coming and sitting down with me. Thank I've you. had a, I've had a very uh, fun and interesting time. And uh, I hope Likewise. you have as well. Likewise. And I hope the listeners well as well. So thank you for coming by. Thank you. <laughs> well, there you have that, folks. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Listening to that conversation, as much as I enjoyed having it, I want to thank Elena Tolman again for joining me in the echo chamber for that interview. Uh, Feel free to drop me a line at drewtalkspodcast at gmail.com. You can also check me out on Facebook as well under Drew Talks. Uh, I've been Drew Bauer, and until next time.